Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through Sunday, June 12th. Oh my gosh, it was a busy week, so this could be a long episode here. (laughs) Yes, it has been a busy week. You are right. Eyes were on the ISU Congress, despite the time difference here in the U.S. We were all paying attention to what was happening Mm -hmm. in Phuket. Yeah. And so we do have some information we're going to share. We have a whole section of updates from the ISU Congress. So stay tuned for that. Yep. But I feel like we have to get into a continuation of Mm -hmm. Pride Month. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, U.S. Figure Skating has begun its Instagram series for Pride Month. And on Thursday, Elliot Halverson chatted with AJ Sass, who's an adult and synchro skater and novelist who explores various aspects of gender identity. U.S. Figure Skating also posted a story about a transgender adult skater. We will include links to all of that in our show notes, as usual. Mm -hmm. That's not the only thing I saw online this week for Pride Month. Uh, SkateGuard, um, it's a website. If you're not familiar with it, it posts the history of figure skating, and it is hosted by Ryan Stevens. He's been doing the site since 2013, posting a lot of historical information about our sport. But this month, he's doing um, some history on LGBTQ in figure skating. He's got information going back decades. Um, So we will include a link in our show notes for you to check it out um, and check out his 
what else he's got on his website, because again, he has a lot of historical information about our sport. But one other thing I wanted to mention too, this is last month. Last month was Mental Health Awareness Month, and through Connections Academy, which is an online school, Karen Chen, who is a graduate of Connections Academy, she gave a talk about mental health and how she has dealt with mental health and how she handles stress and all of that as a as a high-level competitor. Uh, the talk was supposed to be at the end of May for Mental Health Awareness Month, but it ended up being rescheduled for early June. Um, and we just posted our story, Figure Skaters Online's Mara Sullivan Hill um, listened to that talk, and so she posted an article, and we will post that link in our show notes for you to check it out. But it was interesting to hear how Karen dealt with, you know, the pressure and the stress of being a top athlete and as well as going to school, so... Mental health awareness is coming to the forefront of discussions now for athletes. And I think it's important because you can train your body as much as you can, Mm -hmm. but the mental piece of it also has to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And some people, we're all wired differently, Mm -hmm. and some people just have more difficulty dealing with the stress. And, you know, she's an Olympic athlete. Mm -hmm. She goes to Cornell. This is a lot mm-hmm, to deal mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I kudos to her for coming forward and giving this talk. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that mental health awareness stays on the forefront of people's minds, not just in awareness month, but yes. throughout the year. <laughs> yeah, that's why I definitely wanted to mention it, too, because I'm like, just because it happened after the month, you know, for mental health. Mental health is something that is 365 days a year that people are dealing with. It's not one month out of the year. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, you know, it's it, it becoming, as you said, more of the forefront. And we have to talk about it and not hide it in a closet and, you know, let people deal with it in silence. Um, people need to exactly. deal, deal with it and help each other deal with it as well. Yeah. It can't have the stigma that it's mm-hmm. always had. Mm-hmm. It's really important to normalize speaking up and talking about it right? instead of making it be something you hide. So we're going to move on to the big event of the week, which was the 58th ISU Congress, which wrapped up Friday in Phuket, Thailand. And I will be honest, I think I said last week I was maybe going to watch a little bit here or there. I watched every night. Before I went to bed, I put on the live stream and watched every night until it was, you know, time to go to bed. Um, But yeah, I was very, like, I don't think I've ever watched this Congress before, so I didn't know how it all worked. Um, So it was really interesting, in my opinion, to, you know, get the opportunity to see what was going on in Thailand and, you know, see what they, how, what they were talking about. Um, you know, the big issues, um, seeing, you know, hearing different countries. That was the other interesting thing. Cause again, I sometimes forget we have, you know, countries, small countries that are maybe just have delegates from, for speed skating, but not figure skating. And so that was, it mm-hmm. was really interesting. And I was glad, I, I was glad I tuned in every night, um, before I went to bed to, you know, see what was going on. Yeah, we definitely had text messages going back and forth throughout some of the decisions. 
We did. Because it was a learning experience watching it in real time. Mm -hmm. And not going back, like, the next day to watch any of the archive stuff. It was... It was eye-opening. Mm -hmm. um, it works, I guess, similar to politics in some ways. And yeah. um, it was the first one that I'd ever really watched. So, yeah, I'm really interested. I think, in, you know, when the next one comes, it may not have as much attention on it. Who knows? Because we don't know what could come up in the next two years. Yes, the next one is in uh, 2024 in Las Vegas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Having just yeah. been to Las Vegas, I wonder yeah. which resort is going to host it. I don't know. I didn't. I don't think I heard that. But, yeah, Las Vegas, I heard. 2024, so. All right. Well, <laughs> who knows what's going to come up in the next two years. Right. As we reported last week, the participation of Russia and Belarus was allowed. The ISU legal team had advised the ISU council that excluding them could put at risk any decisions that were made at the Congress because Russia and Belarus could contest it. And if the court of arbitration rules in their favor and that the exclusion is invalid, they may have to go back mm -hmm. and revisit all of these decisions. So I believe they decided to continue moving forward with ISU Congress with Russia and Belarus there. However, there were three motions from Ukraine, from the Ukrainian Figure Skating Federation, to exclude Russia and Belarus from participating, but they were shot down via a secret vote. Mm -hmm. uh, the first motion asked for their exclusion from voting, deliberations, debates, and proposal submissions. The second motion asked for their officials to be excluded for running for elections for the available offices. The third motion was tabled by Ukraine, and it basically would suspend the ISU activities of anyone from Russia or Belarus that was either elected or appointed at the Congress. So, again, Russia and Belarus were allowed to participate in this mm -hmm. Congress. Mm-hmm. I could see both sides of this. Obviously, I could see them not participating given what is going on right now, um, given what has ha happened at the Olympics and a lot of the doping stuff that maybe we just don't want them participating. But then, you know, I kind of look at it. If we didn't include them in this, there could be more issues. Um, and I think it would be just better if let them participate in this with the understanding that Right now, they're not going to be able to participate in any ISU events for the foreseeable future. Right. Um, so, right. yeah. And that yeah. was upheld, that they would not be able to compete mm -hmm. um, at international events yeah. this season. So, um, But I think the biggest, well, that's not necessarily the biggest thing that came out. This was the thing we were kind of waiting for until the very end was the ISU president and vice president elections. And um, the IS new ISU president is Jay Yule Kim of Korea, and he represents speed skating. Well, he's, his background's in speed skating, I should say. Um, and he received 77 votes out of a possible 119 votes. He is the first non-European president in ISU history. A little bit of background on Kim because we're not familiar with him. Um, he was president of the Korean Skating Union executive vice president of the 2018 Olympic Winter Games Organizing Committee, 
vice president of the Korea Olympic Committee and member of the Coordination Commission for the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. He's been on the ISU Council since 2016. And in his manifesto, he's been using the acronym GOISU um, for his five priority areas. And those are growth, opportunity, innovation, safeguarding, and unity. So he was voted um, president. And I'm going to be honest here. I was a little disappointed um, because I was hoping we were going to get someone from figure skating to be our president. Um, It's been more than 40 years since we've had someone as the ISU president um, from the figure skating side. And so I was a little disappointed, um, but I'm going in being optimistic here that he's going to do some things for both branches. Um, Again, I'm a little disappointed too, because we were hoping for a female here. We haven't had a female. Um, So, but again, trying to be optimistic, hoping he's going to, in his time frame, bring some change to both branches of the ISU. Yes. But on the vice president's side, figure skating, uh, Benoit Lavoie of Canada was elected as the new vice president for figure skating, which is a wonderful thing. I saw a lot of social media outpouring for his Mm -hmm. election Mostly uh, from former figure skaters mm-hmm. in Canada yeah. that seem pretty happy. So that gives me a lot mm-hmm. of hope for what he, you know, what he might be able to accomplish working with our new president. Additionally, we did elect the ISU Council figure skating members, including Pat St. Peter and Susanna Rakamo, who both were running for president did not get elected. Tatsuro Matsumura from Japan, who ha- was running for vice president mm-hmm. and did not get elected. George Ilek from Hungary, who's a former Hungarian ice dancer mm-hmm. and has been on the ISU's Ice Dance Technical Committee. Mm-hmm. And Maria Teresa Samarant from Spain. Mm-hmm. The athlete commission member that was elected was Eric Radford. Again, We're hoping to reach out to him and have him come on, talk a little bit about the Athlete Commission with us so that we can all learn a little bit more about what it is and what it does. Yeah, and I want to hear how the experience was for the about how he enjoyed the Congress and what he got to do and what the whole experience was like. That would be interesting to hear as well. But I think, okay, I said it before I was thinking the president was the biggest thing. I think this was the biggest thing that came out of the Congress. Maybe both of them are the biggest thing. But it was the ISU Congress approved the age limits for single pairs in ice dance. And I saw this uh, news being put out by the general media. It was like on the Today Show. So this is was a big deal. And as we mentioned, what this... Um, age limits are is this season, the 2022-23 season, nothing is changing. Skaters must be at least 15 before July 1st of this year. Next season, the 23-24 season, it will go up to 16. So skaters must be at least 16 before July 1st of 2023. And then 2024-25 season and onward, skaters must be 17 before July 1st of that 20 of that season. So, um, so this means the Olympics, uh, will be 
you will not see anybody 15 or 16 competing at the next Olympics. The vote was 100 accepted this, 16 rejected, two abstained, and the two-thirds majority was 79, so it had to have two-thirds majority, and it it did. Um, I was interested to see what some skaters had to say about this, um, and I was pleasantly surprised that it was both sides of the aisle. I thought maybe it would be more in favor, but there was a split. Um Eric Radford actually spoke during the Congress that he kind of said that the life of an athlete is short and intense and the experience in this short period of their lives sets the stage for the rest of their lives, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So he was uh, definitely in favor of this um, age limit proposal. Caitlin Osman um, said in a CBC interview that raising the age of 17 will just help the longevity of the sport, help a body fully mature before the demands and the pressure of the sport. So again, she was in favor. This one, and it got a lot of heat on Twitter, was coming from Tara Lipinski because she tweeted out that raising the age limit is a quick fix that will deny athletes a performance on the biggest stage and ultimately not make a difference in stopping the abuse. These young athletes will still be skating under this broken system. You just won't see them until they're 17. And, I mean, her tweet didn't surprise me because she won her gold medal at a young age, younger than 17. Um, And so... I was going to bring that up, Gina, because the ISU first devised an age limit after Tara became the youngest woman mm-hmm. to win an Olympic gold back when she was 15 in 1998. And so initially skaters need to be 15 by July 1. Mm-hmm. However, I remember back in 2006 when Mao Asada mm-hmm. and Yuna Kim burst onto the scene fresh off of the world junior championships mm-hmm. and neither of them were eligible to go to the Olympics in 2006. Yuna Kim went on, of course, to win gold in 2010. Mao won the silver in 2010. That season, even though they were not eligible to go to the Olympics, each one of them took a different path. Mm-hmm. Yuna Kim stayed mostly with the junior level events, while Mao spent her fall season at internationals with a lot of success. Mm-hmm. So... I understand both schools of thought here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I ultimately feel that this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, totally. Is there more that needs to be done? Yes. Absolutely. The one person I really, truly agreed with her statement was Ashley Wagner when she said she was frustrated that it took one of the most publicly exposing tragedies to create this change that was long overdue. But that the change, but it's a change nonetheless. Um, And it's the first step Mm -hmm. towards protecting the kids in the sport, acknowledging their responsibility to support the person behind the performances. So I agree. This was something that needed to be done. It's sad that it took the Olympics, what happened at the Olympics, to actually make it happen. But it's, it's not, it's, this is not going to change everything. This is just a small step, as you said, a small step in the right direction to make sure we are looking at our athletes more than just 
as athletes, as a person. And at 15, 16, you're still developing and you need to really do it in a way where you're not rushing to make those high level events and, you know, the Olympics and all the demands that you're really taking the time to progress um, at at the rate that you should. In a healthy way. Yes, yes. I, I look at it as a way of slowing things down for the athletes so that they're not pushed so mm-hmm. quickly to adjust and be a senior level skater when they may not be ready. Right, right. Things just go so fast, especially mm-hmm. in lady skating. And I feel like this rule has a lot to do with lady skating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't so much about the other disciplines as it is about ladies. Ladies, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's seriously about the ladies mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot at the Olympics, a lot of, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just, I mean, yes, we have a doping scandal. But it was also watching some athletes and how they reacted to specific things. There were a lot of videos mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. showcasing reactions that really were devastating to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, and I'm this again with the ladies here, we're seeing these younger ladies doing these quad jumps at 14, 13. I mean, there's some videos that, that I think people have seen of skaters going even younger than that, trying to do four revolutions. And yeah, well, it's impressive and we all get excited when we see that and we're like, wow, is it really, are the skaters really able to do that without putting so much demand on their body and not causing so much injury? Yeah, maybe they're not getting injured right then and there, but who's to say what is their body going to be like a couple years down the road? And so if it's better that if they can't get to the Olympics until they're 17, maybe they're not doing those crazy elements until they're at that point where their body is matured enough that they can do that. Well, it and it never is enough. Right. Because as soon as you achieve it, someone's going to want to do something, something better. Else. Right. Yeah. And it's hard because skating is not just about jumps. Right. Skating, there's a lot of other components. Mm-hmm. And that's another you know, discussion topic as we continue through. <laughs> yes. Um, this, but there's more to talk about with the ages yeah, too. Yep. Yeah. And Norway, we talked about this too. Norway withdrew its age limit proposal in favor of this proposal. Um, they were calling for it to kind of go into effect immediately at 17 for singles and then 16 for pairs and ice dance, but that got withdrawn. Um, and so that's, we don't have to worry about that. Canada's proposal on the junior age limit for singles, pairs, and ice dance was rejected. Um, The ISU Council recommends just further evaluation. They were more focused, I think, on, you know, the senior age limit. And so um, they are going to take it into consideration for down the line. We might see that come up at another ISU Congress. So I'm glad because I really do strongly believe that the ages for pairs and dance for ladies or women and men should be the same. Mm-hmm. So that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. One last thing, and I know it did get some attention. The proposal to increase the age of ISU office holders 
from 75 to 80 was rejected. Mm -hmm. Alexander Laker Nick was not able to run for his post again. Basically, yeah. that was the biggest mm -hmm. piece of that yeah. issue. So moving on to the, like a summary of the significant developments of from the Congress. We're not going to go through every proposal that was either approved or rejected. We will include the information um, where you can find out everything that went on in the Congress in our show notes. So if we didn't mention something that you might have been interested in hearing about, you can find it in our show notes. But I'm going to let Daphne start with the one of the big ones that she was very excited about that came out of yes uh, <laughs> out of the proposals from the Congress. <laughs> Been waiting forever for the ISU to remove the requirement for women to wear a skirt and ice dance. I know other fans rejoice with me when that ruling came down. I'm just so happy and excited because now it allows ice dance teams to select costumes that best represent the story they're trying to tell. Yeah. I just... It's worked in the past. It has worked in the past with the rhythm dance. Whenever we they did street dance, they were uh the girls women were able to wear pants. It worked so well with that. And so I'm just glad that finally this is gone. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, I just think of like Maddie and Evan and their astronaut program where she could have been, the alien could have had like, I don't know, some kind of alien sort of pants or the snake. I know she had a practice, mm -hmm. uh, practice like skate pant that looked like a snake skin. And I could have just mm -hmm. seen her in like a snake bodysuit. Um, that would have been really yeah. cool. You know, but we've been seeing, you know, the pairs, they've been, you know, wearing the bodysuits and a lot of pair skaters really enjoy that more than the skirt. It just help, you know, they feel mm -hmm. comfortable in it. So, um, so yeah, this is a good move here and this is due so time. Excited. <laughs> yeah. So excited. And this came down on the decision for this came down on Melanie's birthday. So it was really <laughs> exciting. It was like a present. It's like, yes. Finally, we've been waiting for this. I'm so glad yes. that it is gone, officially. Yeah, the other thing that came out was program component categories were reduced from five. And you know the five are the skating skills, transitions, performance, composition, interpretation of the music. They're now just going to be three. And it's going to be skating skills, composition, and presentation. ISU will increase component coefficients in figure skating. Um, women, 0. 0.80 to 1.33, 1. 1.60 to 2.67. Yep, that is in the short program and then the free program, respectively. And then men, short program, 1.00 to 1.67, free skate, 2 to 3.33 pair short program 0 0.80 to 1.33 free skate 1.60 to 2.67 and in ice dance in the rhythm dance 0.80 to 1.33 and in the free dance 1.20 to 2.0 
So yeah, I th- I think I was seeing a lot of people going, "Why are not we happy. not happy about changing program components?" So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting here. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. So what they did is they combined a few things: skating skills, skating skills, but transitions and composition will now just be under composition. Um interpretation of the music and performance will just be under presentation again i'm it's going to be interesting to see this um and i know a lot of people are not happy about it so i'm just gonna leave it at that i'll just go in with an open mind as i'm gonna say about the season with this so um yeah we also we've talked about this a lot too beginning at in the at the 2020 five world championships there will be qualifying around to enable the skaters from more countries to participate was the reasoning they did this yes. um, and we talked about how that qualifying round would work but we will do that once we've got plenty of time until 2025 to, 2025 <laughs> to really explain all of this to you but that um yeah that's got approved in the congress so we will be seeing qualifying rounds again in 2025 and we did break it down Mm -hmm. in our last episode so if you guys want to go back and listen to that we broke down exactly what the qualifying round would look like who would be in that qualifying Mm -hmm. round and also who would move straight to the next phase of competition Mm -hmm. and not have to qualify The base value of a jump sequence is going to be 100% of the value of the jump in that sequence. Previously, it was 80%. Yeah, so we will probably be seeing some more jump sequences. This was what I was waiting to see. I don't know why, but I was. Um, About the (laughs) split, (laughs) the split uh, judging panels. And uh, they're going... It would be a split of the grade of execution and then the program component score judge panels. Um, they they talked about it and it was an interesting conversation. There was things that I didn't even think about. Um, someone, I think from Japan, was mentioning, well, where would we put the judges so that we would separate the judges? Um, and, you know, talked about how there's broadcasters and photographers that need their space and so where would you put the judges in that scheme? And I didn't even think about that. But this um, proposal to have two separate judging panels will be tested and reported on at the next ISU Congress, which we said will be in 2024 in Las Vegas. So they didn't approve it yet. It's not just going to go and happen, but they are going to pick some events over the next two seasons to um, test this out on. Um, we don't know which ones yet, but... I was, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I, that was what I was kind of watching the Congress for other than the age thing and everything else. But I was kind of, this one was a proposal that was just interesting to me for whatever reason. I'm interested to see how that's going <laughs> to yeah. work. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that's mm-hmm. gonna. Yeah. I'm glad that they are going to test it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ISU has tested many things at competitions through the years. There's been all sorts of things. One that comes to mind is one year they decided that they would skate two compulsory dances. But it wouldn't be everyone skating one and then 
everyone skating the next one. Okay. Some teams would skate one dance. Other teams would skate another dance. Oh, okay. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that never came to fruition after that. Oh. Competition, which I think is a good thing. Now, what did they test of... that on? Because this is where I'm now. My next question is wondering which events are they going to test this on? Like, you're not going to get see I this don't... tested on at the World Championships, but what are they going to no, test no, it no, on? No. You know, it could be a Challenger Series mm-hmm. event. I want to say it was like a Nebelhorn. Oh, okay. Event like Nebelhorn. Okay. Like a yeah. That they did it at. Yeah, it was just really different. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. Every dance has different values. like So it it's really difficult to try to put them up against right. each other like that. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work. Finally, a proposal to hold a separate Olympic qualifying competition, not combining it with another ISU international competition, which in the past... It's mostly been Nebelhorn. Mm-hmm. I think once it was Golden Spin. There is going to be a specific Olympic qualifying competition that federations will either be selected or get to bid on to host. That is coming. Yeah. Yep. So this is just a wrap up of some of the proposals that came out um, from the Congress. Again, we will put in our show notes a link to where you can watch back all of the sessions of the Congress. We'll put a link to the proposals, the whole agenda. We will put information on which ones were approved and which ones were rejected. We will put it all in our show notes. So if there was anything that you were looking to hear about or you're not sure if that one got approved or didn't get approved, um, we will put it all in our show notes for you to go through. But... We are going to wrap up our discussion right now on the ISU Congress and move on to our event results brief, which obviously we are still in the off season, but there were some things taking place this week. Um, I was interested to see all on social media. um, The U S figure skating's pairs camp was taking place and I was seeing a lot of posts Um, And that was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and about 50 athletes took part in that. And I was seeing a number of um, Danny O'Shea was as a faculty coach, and Brian Johnson was a faculty coach, and Ashley Kane. Um, And then there were some other newer teams that looked like they were working together. So it was kind of cool. So they haven't had one in a couple years. So that was a good experience for our U.S. Pairs teams. Definitely. Well, the Hollands Trophy took place in Canterbury, Australia this past weekend. We will have the results from that competition in our show notes. Mm -hmm. Skate Dallas also took place over this past weekend, and those results will be there as well. There were some other club competitions that took place this weekend. Unfortunately, haven't seen any results for them. So if we do see any results, we'll put them in our show notes. But right now we don't have any results from some of these other club competitions. Just Skate Dallas. Yes. And then the American Contemporary Skating Festival went on this weekend. You can check out our friend Jordan at On Ice Perspectives (laughs) for some videos from it. He's there on site. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to try to go down, but then it just didn't fit into the schedule. Mm-hmm. But I really appreciate Garrett Kling reached out and uh, shared the event with me, which is what put it on our radar. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing Jordan's videos. Yeah, they were pretty cool. 
Moving on to our general skating news, uh, a big congratulations is going out to Michelle Kwan, who will be inducted into the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Hall of Fame on June 24th. Michelle is part of the class of 2022, which is made up of eight individuals, including the names of Michael Phelps, Lindsey Vaughn, Mia Hamm. There are two teams also being inducted, two legends, one coach, and one special contributor. The U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Hall of Fame is one of the first national sports Hall of Fames to include fan voting. And if you remember, we told you to vote for Michelle and we gave you the link in our previous episodes. There were more than 432,000 votes cast across all the platforms that they had the voting on. So... Um, so you can pat yourself on the back if you, uh, get voted for Michelle Kwan because she will be inducted and that's it's just an amazing honor for Michelle and hoping fingers crossed figure skaters online, um, is going to be there in Colorado Springs. So stay tuned, hoping we're going to be there for the event, but we'll let you know. Okay. It's strange, but I have to say, I thought she was already in it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I can't imagine anything <laughs> without her in it already because she, I mean, I still think Michelle Kwan when I think of figure skating, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot yeah. of people do, so, yeah. Well, there's other Michelle Kwan news. Her nomination to serve as President Biden's U.S. ambassador to Belize was favorably approved by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee on June 9th and now heads to the Senate for future floor action, so, Michelle had a really big week. <laughs> she did. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes it seems like we talk about Nathan Chen a lot, which we'll talk about him in a little bit here. <laughs> He's not going to be <laughs> out of our uh, podcast this week. That's for sure. But first, uh, Skate Canada announced the retirement of Kirsten Moore Towers and Michael Marinaro on June 7th. Um, it, it was a long press release, and then and Kirsten posted a big statement on her Instagram as well. Um, one thing she mentioned is she's going to relocate to Vancouver and it sounds like she's just going to be doing something with the skating community there. Um, and she's going to continue to be an advocate for mental health of athletes. And she is now going to be a big cheerleader for the next generation of skaters. Um, which she has been when she wasn't even at an event, she was always, you could see her watching and cheering on, um, the athletes. So, and Michael plans to stay involved in the sport as well. I know he has a podcast. I don't know if he's going to continue it. Him and Trent have a podcast. So, um, yeah. So wishing them the best now in their new chapter of their careers. Yeah. Kirsten has been a, a big mental mm-hmm. health advocate, especially in the last year, mm-hmm. uh, sharing her story about panic attacks and mm-hmm. um, how debilitating they could be. And I really appreciated mm-hmm. that because, again, as I said at the top of the podcast, it's really important for the next generation of skaters to know that it's okay to talk about this. Yes. I think it sets a good precedent that we have people like Kirsten Mm -hmm. and others coming forward to talk about it. Right. So, as I said, we had Nathan Chun news. We do have Nathan Chun news. Um, Here we go. He is releasing a memoir this November to be followed by a children's book in February. Um, The memoir will be available starting November 22nd. You can pre-order the book on his website. We'll put a link in our show notes to that. 
But um, yeah, so I'm not surprised here. I was thinking a book was coming along, but I'm going to be interested to read that book, but also the children's book. I want to see what that is all about, too. So I know. <laughs> I know. I want to get it from my nieces already. Yeah. I yeah. think it will be a good thing to get for them. Yeah. So moving on to our social media updates, we have a bit of retirement news. Armenian ice dancer Tina Garabedian announced on Instagram her retirement from competitive skating on June 8th. I'm not sure what Simon plans to do, if he's going to continue skating or if he is going to retire as well. So we'll be watching to see if he makes a similar announcement. Interesting thing <laughs> is we also have some out-of-retirement news. Ice dancer Yori Polozoakis announced on Instagram that he's coming out of retirement, will be competing this upcoming season with the goal of making the 2026 Olympics, which would be his second Olympics, competed in 2018 with Kavita Lorenz. And in his post, he said he's not ready to disclose just yet who his new skating partner is, his new coaches or training location, but he said he will announce it as soon as everything's a done deal. Welcome back, Yoti. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited that you're coming back. I loved his partnership with Kavita. I'm excited to see who he's going to skate with. He's got a fiery um, style, mm -hmm. and I'm just excited to see who he's going to match up with and follow their progress. Yeah, I was seeing some speculation on who his partner may be. I'm not going to say anything, but of course, you know, fans are all like, who could he be skating with? So we'll have to just wait and see when he's ready to announce who it is, who he's going to be skating with and where he's going to be training. But yeah, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him back and seeing who he uh, competes with. So we also have some engagement news, even though they got engaged on May 22nd. Russia's Victoria Sinitsina and Nikita Katsalapov announced their engagement on Instagram this past week on June 6th. They also posted some photos. It looks like a beautiful mm -hmm. proposal, and we wish them both the best. Yes, and, and we don't know what they're planning to do skating-wise, um, especially with the Russian nope. band. We don't know, So, but we'll wish them best of... Much happiness, I should say, um, as they move forward with their in wedding plans, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jason Brown, along with his team cricket coaches, Brian Orser, Tracy Wilson, and Joey Russell, held a seminar this week in Monterey, Mexico. But that's not it. Nathan Chen and Mariah Bell will be doing a three-day coaching seminar in Mexico City on June 25th through the 27th. And seeing these, you know, elite athletes and coaches going down to Mexico um, is really great because the opportunities for the skaters in um, Mexico is very limited. And so this is just a great, great for skaters to have the opportunity to work with some of the best, you know, skaters and coaches. Um, I just think of, you know, how Donovan and he, you know, he trains at a rink at a mall. Um, so you just have to you think that the, the opportunities in Mexico are very limited. So having these elite athletes getting down there and doing some seminars is, is just really great. 
It definitely is. So Adam, CEO Himfa, announced on Instagram that he's leaving his coaches, Laurent and Natalie Dupuy. He did not say who we will be working with going forward, but we'll watch for that announcement. And in some graduation news, Audrey Shin posted photos of herself in her cap and gown with her diploma on Instagram, and she graduated from the Online Connections Academy. So congratulations to Audrey, um, and again, congratulations to all of the skaters who are graduating from high school, college, you know, that's this time of year. So big congratulations to all of them. So we have one event in our upcoming events for this week, Atlanta Open, starting on June 15th in Alpharetta, Georgia. It has singles, dance, pairs, showcase, and solo dance. We'll probably put a link in our show notes to that event next week with results. So yeah. So Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Yes, you can find us on our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. And if you haven't seen our website, it's now a website. And we added today, actually, the calendar of events. We still have some events to still add, but you'll now see some of the events that we've been talking about actually online. So um, so if you heard us mention an event and you weren't sure when that event was taking place or where, you can find it on our calendar. Again, we've, we're, we still have some events to still add. There's a lot of events taking place. There are a lot of events. <laughs> it's not just Grand Prix and Junior Grand Prix. There's a lot of smaller club competitions mm-hmm. that skaters participate in in order to get themselves ready for the new season. And those are gearing up. The season is in full swing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then, of course, you can also find us on our socials, Twitter, this WK in skating, Facebook, and Instagram, it's This Week in Skating. Um, and then we also love to hear your feedback or your questions. If you got a question about we t- what we talked about with the ISU Congress or you have an event, or club competition coming up that we didn't mention or didn't put on our calendar, let us know. You can reach out to us on social media or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. And thanks, everyone. We've seen an influx of followers, especially during the Congress. Yeah. We appreciate you guys following us on social media. Um, it means a lot to us as we mm-hmm. continue our journey in this podcast. Um, I also wanted to promote that both Figure Skaters Online and IceDance.com have photos from the Stars on Ice Canada Mm -hmm. and Stars on Ice US tours. Those are available and we will link them in the show notes. Yeah, Figure Skaters Online also has the Ice Dreams show, um, I believe. I don't know which cities that was at, but um, we have some photos from Robin Riddos who went to the Ice Dreams show as well, so... We'll put those links there. And with that, we've reached the end of our episode. <laughs> I think this could be our longest one yet. Yeah, just maybe. Um, just there a was a long. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. You guys know we try to keep our episodes between 35 and 45 minutes. So this one might be a little bit longer. So please bear with us. Sometimes there are just weeks that have a lot of news and As we are estimating, once we get to the fall, when the season is in full swing, we may have a lot to talk about every Mm -hmm. episode, and so those episodes might get a little bit longer. Right. But we appreciate you coming on the ride with us. 
Thanks for listening. We appreciate your support as always. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.